While we are still standing, I would like to offer our scripture lesson for the sermon today. I'll actually be reading the entirety of the 90th Psalm, but first join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, in your kindness we pray that your holy scriptures and your Holy Spirit will be both our guide and our guard, bore out our ears to hear your voice and shape us according to the image of Jesus, for we pray in his name and amen. The 90th Psalm, the prayer of Moses, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations before the mountains were born, or you gave birth to the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You turn man back into dust and say, return, O children of men, for a thousand years in your sight are like yesterday when it passes by, or as a watch. In the night, you have swept them away like a flood, they fall asleep. In the morning, they are like grass which changes. In the morning, it flourishes and changes. Toward evening, it fades and withers away. For we have been consumed by your anger, and by your wrath we have been dismayed. You have placed our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days have declined in your fury... As for the days of our life, they contain 70 years, or if due to strength, 80 years. Yet their pride is but labor and sorrow, for soon it is gone and we fly away. Who understands the power of your anger and your fury according to the fear that is due you? Now our focus for today, verse 12, So teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. Do return, O Lord. How long? And be sorry for your servants. Oh, satisfy us in the morning with your loving kindness, so that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days you have afflicted us and the years we have seen evil. Let your work appear to your servants and your majesty to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us, And confirm for us the work of our hands. Yes, confirm the work of our hands. Thus far, the reading of God's word and all of God's children said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Psalm 90 is a prayer. It is called the prayer of Moses, the man of God. This is our second week in the 90th Psalm. Two sermons, both having to do with what I've called vaporology. Vaporology is a way to refer to the Bible's teaching about our lives being brief, wispy, evanescent, lighter than air, hyphenated, vapor-like. This psalm refers to the reality of impending or looming death for all of us. And it does so in contrast to the one who is from everlasting to everlasting. We are born, we will die, the Lord remains. This psalm contains the wonder of births and the weight of deaths. The earth brings forth And the earth receives back again. 
The everlasting God is in charge of births and deaths. The Lord gave birth to the mountains. The Lord gave birth to the earth and to the world. And our Lord has appointed every falling. Whether it is the falling of a hair, a tower, a leaf, or our falling asleep. This psalm is filled with terminology about our terminal existence. You turn man back into dust. Return, O man. Our lives are like a passing yesterday or like a watch which flitted by in the night. We are swept away. We fall asleep. We are like grass which grows and then withers. Our years end like a sigh, like a murmur, like a whisper, or like a tale that is told. We have an expiration date and the possible package of our existence, maybe 70 to 80 years. The prayer of Moses here is readily found in two parts. Verses 1 through 11, the reflections. Verses 12 through 17, requests. Last week we entered into Moses' prayer and we joined his reflections. As Moses looked back over the landscape of his life, he prayed. As Moses recalled what had happened upon the dirt of the earth, he prayed. The earth upon which Moses walked was often opened with graves. That's why Spurgeon said Moses lived among funerals. Moses' passing life was lived in the light of the everlasting God, and that shaped his prayer. There are all kinds of fake prayers. This one is not fake. So let's together lean in and listen to the scratched out words of the aged. What comes out? It has been said that what's in a person will come out at the end of their life. When someone begins to sink down, who they are and what's in there rises up. But it may be nasty or it may be beautiful. For example, if someone is bitter and cantankerous throughout their younger years, even though they thought they masked it well, it usually comes out at the end. If someone is filled with pride and a combative spirit in their youth, it'll rise up more so in their latter years. If a person has been snarky, critical, judgmental, years of those deposits will be withdrawn at the end. Years of planting those seeds will yield a stinky harvest of 
vile weeds. There's no need for a scratch and sniff in such cases. You need not scratch those folks, and you can sniff it all over the place. That smell. However, the same is true for those who have been seasoned by grace. That too will come out in the end. The aroma of grace will also ooze out and fill the room. Someone who gives grace shows that they have been given grace. Such servants are ready to forgive. They're leaning into it. They're not always putting others in their place. They're not waiting for the words, Hulk, smash! The gracious smell, gracious. The aroma of the Homa is pleasant. It does not waft with the stench of a dead animal under the floorboards. Someone who kept entrusting himself or herself to the Lord throughout their brief life has been trained in doing so and is more likely to do so at the end. Our dear departed Olive Alexander revealed this as well. Just before her passing, when upon her final bed, what was in came out and rose up. Songs, psalms and hymns whispered out. The left hand being raised in praise to the Lord. What was in there through years of deposits came out just before her entrance to glory. Someone who has prayed for others throughout their brief life has been shaped like that by that and is more likely to utter or sigh out prayers for others at the end. Moses prays at the end. And Moses does not pray only for himself. Moses prays in the plural. Teach us regarding our days so that we may present. Satisfy us so that we may sing and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days you have afflicted us. Let your work appear to your servants and your majesty to their children. May your favor be upon us and confirm for us the works of our hands. Our Father, give us our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Moses prays in the plural. Moses 
possibly coming to the end of his life, having reflected upon the endings of so many lives, he now makes some requests. Verse 12. Teach us. So teach us to number our days that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. O Lord, because of death's approaching hoofbeats, teach us to number our days because our days are already numbered. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear so that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. On our own, we have pursued foolishness. We have embraced sin over the years. Shape us, train us, guide me, O thou great Jehovah. Let us be warned about wasting your gift of time. Continue to humble us as we look into the grave, which will soon become our bed. Give us your wisdom so that we may present your wisdom back to you. We can only give what has first been given to us. Teach us. Verse 13. Do return, O Lord, how long? And be sorry or have pity for your servants. We know, O Lord, that we shall return to the dust from which we were created. We ask that you return to us before that time. Return with your pity. Lavish us with your mercy. Pardon us and give us hope of restoration. As we have always been under your watchful eye... Assure us now of your favorable presence. Be our Emmanuel, God with us. Return to us with your favorable presence. Verse 14, renew us. Oh, satisfy us in the morning with your loving kindness so that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Renew us. We know that our lives are like all the yesterdays which pass. Our days are like a watch in the night. Make us new. Give us new days. Even as you create, there was evening. There was morning. Another day. So we ask you to satisfy us in the morning, with your loving kindness. Instead of wrath for our sins, give us your pardon, grant us your welcome, knowing that we will pass like the grass, withering in the evening, give us new days, and enable us to sing for joy and be glad for the rest of our days. Renew us. Verse 15. Make us glad according to the days you have afflicted us and the years we have seen evil. Give us gladness in your ways. O Lord, we have seen evil. 
and we have known of your wrath upon us. Enable us now, O Lord, to behold both your kindness and your severity. As our sins have brought miseries upon us, miseries which we have deserved, we now ask for your gladness to come upon us, gladness which we do not deserve. May we not despair over that which we have deserved, but now allow us to delight in that which we do not deserve. Give us perspective, because you do all things well. Give us gladness in your ways. Verse 16. Your work. Let your work appear to your servants and your majesty or glory to their children. There's the heartbeat. Oh Lord, you neither slumber nor sleep. You know when we rise up and you know when we slumber down. You are the giver of breath and the sustainer of all. We are your unprofitable servants. Allow us to see your work, your active hand upon us and hope for the generations to come. Cause your majesty to be upon our children. Show your work among us. The last verse, the last request, verse 17. Your pleasure. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and confirm for us the work of our hands. Yes, confirm or establish the work of our hands. Finally, in your favor, O Lord, allow your pleasure to rest upon us. If you are not with us, we have no hope. If you do not go before us, beside us, or behind us, we have nothing, we are nothing, and can offer nothing but filth and offense. So precede us, and flank us, and follow us, and confirm the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. May your favor be upon us. Each of these requests, six of them, are for the Lord to act. Oh, Lord, do. I've seen what I've been doing over the years. I've seen what we've been, oh, Lord, act. Six requests. Teach us. Return to us with your presence. Renew us. Give us gladness in your ways. Show us your work among us. And may your pleasure rest upon us. Now let me conclude. Prepared prayers, written prayers in the Bible are most beneficial. They teach us how to approach and address the Lord. Written prayers also Help us order and organize our thoughts. To use the phrase of C.S. Lewis, they canalize our prayer. Canalize, to put in a canal. Yes, ordered and arranged prayers provide canal banks in which the water of our words and our requests may flow. This is guidance 
precision. And we all need this. I'm not immune. Ministers are notorious for long and scattered prayers which seem to just run around Robin Hood's barn chasing chickens. Sometimes ministers will end their sermon by re-preaching their sermon or giving the final application point once again. Notorious. It's possible, and it seems as if we are just wandering around under, while the autumn moon lights our way, and then we just ramble and go here and there. We wax on and we wax off. Perhaps in ministers there's a fear of precision as if we're not doing enough. These requests teach us, Lord, act. Lord, act. Sometimes this happens so much that a congregation just wants the prayer to end. Say amen. Or, or maybe they'll channel their inner Prince Humperdinck. Uh, say amen and wife. Say amen. Uh, We have a lot to learn from Agur in Proverbs 30. A precise prayer. O Lord, two things I request of you. Deprive me not before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. And give me neither poverty nor riches. I will confess. Before reading my Bible... My prayers are childlike, simply to retain and recall, and it sounds something like this. O Lord, grant that I may retain and recall what I encounter in your word. And I'll trust the Lord to do that. We've learned from Moses' reflections Let us learn from his requests, too. Place these words into your prayers. O Lord, teach us to number our days so that we may present to you a heart of wisdom. O Lord, may your favor rest upon us and establish for us the works of our hands. Yes, establish the works of our hands. Six requests, precise and pleasing to the Lord. This psalm, now in sum, let's wrap it up. This psalm reflections upon our vapor-like lives. This psalm requests from those whose lives are like vapor, dying and praying. Sound familiar? Our prayers will continue to be the prayers of the dying to the living Lord who is from everlasting to everlasting. We who are about to die... We address you. And yet we know that even when we use the words of the Lord in prayer, they are often tainted. Often they are shaped by our selfishness instead of the majesty of the Lord. Since this is so, we do not trust our prayers, 
but rather we trust the one who both died and prayed. And we again see Jesus Christ in the scriptures. Dying upon the cross, he prayed, Father, forgive them. The Apostle Paul said in Romans 8, Jesus is the one who died and yet still intercedes for us. And Hebrews chapter 7 says that Jesus is the one who can save us all the way to the end because he ever lives to make intercession for us. Dying and praying found in Jesus Christ. To him be the glory forever. Amen. Let us pray together. Father in heaven, cause your word to sink deeply into our hearing and cause your word to be retained and recalled in all that we do. We pray this in the matchless name of Jesus and amen.